When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Celebrity Book Club. Hey, Club Kids. This is Lilibet here. Um, And this is Little Prince George. And I just wanted to let you guys know that this episode is so big, fat, and juicy. It's a two-parter. It's in two parts. So, yeah, we're doing Spare. We're doing Prince. First episode, we're talking about brotherhood. We're talking about the crash. We're talking about death. We're talking about the first date at Soho House. And next week, you'll hear all about Caden, more Megan, of the simmering trauma. feud between Kate and Megan, and the feud between and Willie and Harry, and we have Afghanistan and Afghanistan, the Taliban, yeah, um, and, the and, Taliban, and so. Harry's absolute lust for blood. Trigger warning. Taliban. <laughs> yeah. Um, but enjoy this episode, part one of our dive into Prince Harry's best-selling memoir, Spare. Spare. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's it's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Say it loud and proud. Celebrity Book Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hello, best best friend. friend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm American. (laughs) I notice you have an accent today. Um, Yeah, I'm from England. I'm from actually your mother country, if you really think about it, because we started you. Even though you're a crazy, rambunctious, glamorous American, yet I'm somehow drawn to you in a weird way. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Lil. (laughs) Um, You're wearing kind of a Harry Potter 
themed shirt today. I didn't know you were a Hufflepuff. Um, I'm actually <laughs> more of a Ravenclaw, a bit more of an intellectual, and I fancy myself. Um, but yeah, I am wearing a shirt that says Oxford University on it, and it's quite garish yellow colors. Right, with purple. Well, sometimes in this podcast, I always say, you know, Whenever when else zigs, we like to zag, right? Oh, yeah. We're alligators. We're b- <laughs> when they say how to outrun an alligator, I was taught personally <laughs> to run in a zigzag. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yes. To, to escape them. Yes. Uh, and that's also how you avoid um, getting shot at um, when you're in a battlefield. Say Afghanistan, for example. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is one of those instances where when the- everyone else zigs... We, we did had have to, to zig. zig. <laughs> we no, had to we go ultimately ahead and zig. had to zig because, as you put it plainly, we were held at gunpoint. I, yes. I've never had so many requests, demands, really. Yeah, just demands. It was like, it wasn't even like we were really allowed no. to do anything else. No. And, you know, I understand that we've been doing a podcast for about two years now where we yeah. read celebrity memoirs and to not read the what is the most talked about book ever literally ever i just saw the fastest selling memoir in history it would be a it would be a crime we are better equipped to discuss this than anyone on earth also than we have ever had oh absolutely yeah, than we've ever been good. yeah we've we, our whole been. lives have been building up to this moment we have been training yeah um yeah at fort fort gladishir at fort tilden yeah <laughs> um yeah we read spare it's, we had to it's like yeah and for a moment, I almost was like, okay, I feel like when all the page six, that first day when all the page six stuff came out, the frostbit penis, right. the emails, right. the Kate, the this. And I you almost, were like, I, don't you think you're like, well, it's all been said. Yeah, I was like, I read the book. Yeah. No, I felt like Jennifer Lawrence watching the dropout and saying, you know what, I'm not going to make another show about Elizabeth Holmes because yeah. it's Amanda been done. Amanda did it. And and when I saw the clips about the todger, or the about todger. the frostbitten penis, I said, oh, God, what, you know, what more oh, could there be? Oh, what more could there be? But there's so much How more. wrong we were. Because we didn't even really know exactly no. how the todger got so frostbitten. No, no, indeed. We didn't realize that it was on a trip to the North Pole. Um, okay, let's just say it right out. Spare by Prince Harry, first of all. Oh, For Prince those Harry. of you who don't know. Um, Prince Harry, yeah. So he's actually the son of the Queen, and he grew up in England. So he's actually not. He's the grandson of the Queen. <laughs> Already getting it wrong. Okay, cool. Did you read the book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's famously son of the... Well, trick question, because a trick answer, since like it's heavily rumored, which he addresses in the book, that oh, he right. is not the son yeah. of, of Charles. Charles. Yes. Well, and this is why I do kind of think... I was going back and forth about whether or not he's the Chloe or the Courtney, because I do kind of feel like he is the Chloe in the like paternity rumors, yes. where like he's the different one, and just like why is he a redhead? It's a recessive gene. Like Charles is not a redhead, Diana's not a redhead. Where's like, that coming a from? Man that his mom was really close to that looks exactly like him. Mm-hmm. She's been fucking the mailman, and it's very Chloe was like, well, actually, like. My mom met OJ like right around the same time, and like that she got pregnant with Chloe. Um, but then sometimes he's I'm kind like, of the Courtney, he's the because, Courtney, because he's just like, I don't want to film anymore. Yeah, and it's like I don't, I never wanted this. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I love my family. <laughs> and also, obviously, Meg is the Travis Barker. Uh, 
Well, but she's also so Courtney because she's so poosh because she's so having the fake as lifestyle brand. Yes. Because and... remember when she had her brand, The Tig, <laughs> no, which gets briefly that. referenced in this book. And he's like, she was in, when they first oh, met, he was like, like, she was an entrepreneur. She was an entrepreneur and she was an actress and she had a lifestyle website and she was a an roving activist. businesswoman <laughs> yes. and an activist. And the lifestyle website was this insanely fake like travel website called The Tig that would have like a blog post every month just being like, here's the three hotels that I like in Bali. And then she would because sell like, like a she, handbag that's literally said, the said she was a travel writer. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, same. <laughs> I mean, we are also like travel writers. Um, but okay, I, let me to, say let, this. Let, let, let's. This book is, I will say it, very good. Like, I, I thought this book as a piece of literature was just incredibly compelling. Like, all, like, Jared Moringer, ghostwriter well, of Agassiz's book, he is a genius. And he took what is obviously a dumb person. Like and made their words into like this incredibly compelling narrative about grief and family, that monarchy. Yes, and monarchy Royalty. and history, and I, I think like the, relationships, yeah, brotherhood, and, and and it's like it's and it's juicy, and there's tons of dirt in it. It's like, so juicy, it really is crazy that he completely puts everyone on blast. He puts everyone on blast, including. Courtney Cox. Oh, yeah. I'm so, Which, just being like, can, I'm tripping. I'm doing mushrooms at Courtney Cox's house in and LA. He, and he's like, I'm Chandler. She's Monica. <laughs> Does she know I'm Chandler? And he's like in love with Megan, but like also still trying to hook up with Courtney Cox because he's so obsessed with friends. Yeah. The friends obsession. It's one of the many sort of Peter Pan like teen things where he just never stopped evolving after his mom's death. Yes, but I also will say in his friend's defense, like, that is also, like, my comfort show. Right. And, like, I will also, like, go to the grocery store if I'm alone and, like, pick up a salmon Pick up fillet. so many fillets. <laughs> fillets. And just, like, my favorite yogurt. <laughs> and, like, just have friends on the background and the episodes just roll together. Yeah. I think there are other things about him that I think that's just, like, being basic and millennial. For sure. I mean, he is, you know, the most millennial person there is. But there are other things that are Peter Pan. I mean, the loss in this book, it's crazy also because it's, like, I think why the loss is so strong because he didn't, he was so young. Did you see Spencer? No. With Kristen Stewart. Right. It. I mean, I really guess that, because I didn't watch The Crown, that really like shook me, even though the movie was bad, I thought, mm. of how bad they treated Diana. One of the central themes of this book is the coldness of the royal family and of British culture. And, you know, it sets up, the whole book is sort of setting up this culture clash that happens in part three when we Megan is introduced, where she is this ebullient... American who comes... And she says what she wants. You know, and she comes roaring in and she wants to hug Will and hug Kate and they're just like, oh my God, they're aghast because like you only shake hands and curtsy and even your, you know, your family members, you know, there's this anecdote where the queen has been on like a tour of all the world in like the 50s or something and, or maybe it was, maybe it was like the 70s at this point because she was more queen and she comes back to see Charles and she like shakes his hand after, she shakes her own son's hand after a six week tour of it's being gone. It's insane also just it really truly is was our experience in London of just like no one is speaking before 5pm. 
Yeah. And then <laughs> it's like, like quiet polite city. Like, and then Harry, like every sentence in this book is just him being like and then we fixed up some bush cocktails around five and oh. we fixed up a few gin and tonics. He's and fixing a lot he's fixing of cocktails a in this book. A lot of cocktails and he's like and then we started talking. I okay wait, I actually thought that the book was heading for some sort of Same, like, like rehab, sober moment. Like sober like moment and it just never does. And like by the end he's still just being like I had three more gin and tonics <laughs> while I was in Botswana. And then we. That's had... the most British part. They're just like, of course we drink. Yeah. Um, the other most British waspy part of this is like him, how he hates fashion. Oh, and yet he notices clothes like a who. He's constantly talking about people's outfits. Yeah. And, he's... and his own outfits. And how he desperately wants to wear like this kit that comes from like one of their like home estate versus the like royal army. Well, because he hates the outfit or something. He like loves his army clothes, but also like hates his army clothes. There's so many different like deviations of outfit and uniform and like different like heraldry like family crest. And like Will gets to wear one of the huge points of contention later in the book is that Will didn't get to wear the uniform, the specific uniform he, he wanted, wanted at his own wedding. His, and then Harry and then did. Harry does get to. And Be- Will like deeply resents him. And then also Will gets so mad because the Queen lets Harry get married with a beard. Okay, I will say when I read that part, I was like, sorry, Will doesn't look good with a beard. He no, sh- like Will just his face does and not Will make. Is he just, looks, looks... Uh, he is just so jealous that like yeah. again, little brother is like it's getting like... away with something, right? And that's like this sort of eternal, eternal sibling dynamic between older brother y- or older sibling, younger sibling. Babe, the Queen did you a favor, Willie, as he as Harry calls him with a Willie and Pa, Charles is oh, Pa, Willie and, and Pa, and Will yeah. is Willie, and it's like yeah, you would have looked terrible with a beard at your wedding. It's also. Both those boys, like, I feel like Will, like, literally did used to be, like, so hot with hair. And this is not an anti-bald sentiment. And I know it things happen. But I just feel like it's not the hair. It's just, like, now he's just so basic. And before he was, like, hot preppy. And I feel like now he's just, like, corny, angry basic. He was preppy hot. But, I yeah, and I, and I agree. I think that hair was too integral a part of preppy hot i think like that like thick kind of 80s rich person hair that yeah, will had total fast times at richmond high yeah like that was he was leaning too heavily on that mm-hmm. and he didn't cultivate any sort of like mystique beyond that so when that goes away you know you lose a lot of that because a lot of it you know i mean as the heir part of your entire thing is projecting virility you are literally a bloodline like that is all you are so hair gone when your hair is gone you lose so much of that power because that connects you Charles to the one thing you have still has hair and he I mean, can still get that's it sweetie also rough for a british person to be forced so he william had to wear the irish coat of arms at his wedding which was bright red and he had like three... yeah with his very pale skin it was not like and super... then like their bachelor party was basically just like him pa and harry having like rum yeah i mean again this is the whole thing where it's like he is the older brother he is the serious one who has to become king one day and so he, so he doesn't has... get to let loose but you know so many sibling relationships non-royal ones i was actually thinking share the same dynamic i think the dynamics in this book that are the saddest are the dissolution of their friendship. By the end of the book, they don't speak. And the be- he says so at the beginning of the book, they also, like, it's, you know, kind of a flash. It's, it's present a, it's day. It's a flash forward to right after uh, 
Philip's funeral. So the queen's like 700 year old husband. Uh, and they, they're right after his funeral. And they're at Frogmore. <laughs> Always at Frogmore. Constantly at Frogmore. And this whole book is just listing different palaces. And it's just constantly Sandringham, <laughs> Balmoral, Frogmore, Kensington, Clarence House. I literally could not keep up. He's like, Granny told me to meet her at Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire said, Yes, the Gloucestershire cottages. Oh, the Gloucestershire cottages are so beautiful in April when there's no leaves on the trees <laughs> and I can go goose hunting. Oh, no, join me goose hunting in Quagmire. Oh, Quaggish Mermire. It's like, okay, ladies. <laughs> no, it's really ladies. And you're just like, by the end, I just have this encyclopedia of different estates that belong to the queen. And yet he's also always constantly kind of complaining in his younger brother way about how he's being like shoved into the basement yes. or the back room or the servants quarters. They're always being like, I have nowhere to live. And it's like, it actually seems like you have a lot of options. I'm, like, I'm getting a lot of different things. And like, he's just constantly complaining in this very younger way of just being like, I get the short end of the stick. Like, no one cares about me because I'm the spare. I mean, you the book is literally the called Spare. Gloucestershire Cottage. But, you know, the, the sad thing about that dynamic is that, you know, these little petty resentments build up. And I think a huge part of it is will feeling the crushing burden of being the heir, yeah. of having to be Mr. Serious, in the same way the Queen did, in the same way Charles did, because you look at all the other younger siblings. Margaret was like Miss So Harry talks about how messy. he, like, the first time he had a, a proper martini was with Margaret. Oh, yeah. And she was like 300 years old or whatever, and it was like his rebellion, he realized, wait, I'm her. That scene with Margaret where she gives him the bureau. Do you know what a bureau is? No. Okay, so this was like essential to the scene. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to tell you what a bureau is. So they're at this, they're at their Christmas dinner. So Princess Margaret, for the, this is the Queen's younger sister who is like famously like the messiest bitch. She's played by Helena Bottom Connor in The Crown. She was like she married who she she was not she married, a, like a divorced man. She or was want- she wanted to marry this guy Captain Townsend who was like much older than her and divorced. <laughs> I didn't know Princess Margaret, whom I called Aunt Margot. She was my great aunt. Yes, we shared twelve point five percent of our DNA. We spent the bigger holidays together, and yet she was almost a total stranger. So it's just like everyone like has a present like in front of them, and it's very like whatever some ancient like German tradition. Standing before my pile, I chose to open the smallest present first. The tag said, from Aunt Margot. I looked over, called out, thank you, Aunt Margot. I do hope you like it, Harry. I tore off the paper. It was dot, dot, dot. A bureau? I said, oh, a bureau. Wow. She said, yes, a bureau. I said, thank you so much. But it wasn't just any bureau, she pointed out. It had a tiny rubber fish wrapped around it. I said, oh, a fish bureau. Okay. I told myself, that is cold-blooded. Yeah, I remember listening to that part and being like, note to self, look up what that is. And then I never did. So I asked my British friend. (laughs) Oh, okay. And he informed me, a bureau is, wait for it, a pen. Oh. Yeah, it's just like a cheap ballpoint pen. And so he's being like, Margaret's such a bitch for giving me a pen. And I'm kind of just like, you dumb asshole it's just like that's funny it's like you're literally a yeah. prince like it's funny for her to give like you this, random, you this pen. random cheap pen she's just being like whatever nothing matters like you're literally the prince of england yeah, go over yourself prince. i'm not gonna get you a switch right <laughs> like he's literally just being like where's my xbox my stupid aunt didn't get me an xbox and it's just like oh thanks aunt margo and she's like yeah bitch 
which is funny that he also was so annoyed by that because then later on with the clothes things, like he prides himself on the waspiness of how he's like wooled the brogues that, you know, he's oh, wore yeah. the same pants well, for 90 years. But it's also this poverty cosplay, how he goes to TK Maxx. And well, he's, like, the TK Maxx thing is... The, the TK Maxx run where he like buys like as much as he can for 100 quid on sale and then like leaves. And he says he still, he hates clothes, but he's also obsessed with TK Maxx. I, and no, he's obsessed he... with the fact that they get fresh stuff from Gap yeah. and J. Crew. Yeah, like this so, it's like, okay, Ramona Singer with your like liquidation sales. <laughs> no, and he's like, no, the sales are unbelievable on designer names. I, I feel like the poverty cosplay is, you know, him trying to show that he is a man of the people. Is a man of the people, obviously, and like, and that's why he married just like Meg, this biracial American, you know, because he's not going to follow in the steps of the hoity-toity aristocracy. Well, because there's the other way of going it, which is like Prince Charles, and I feel like I've seen like so many like fashion threads like zooming in on uh, his like tailored suits. on his d- tailored suits but showing that there's like tiny little patches oh and it's like repaired. taking care of it's what you take care. care of good clothes i think that it is part of what i actually perceive to be kind of a, a sexist very old school v- uh point of view that is permeating this book as woke as he desperately tries to oh. be because he's constantly being like, I love Megan. I, I, I learned that colonialism is bad. It's like, and this, and the diamond and grand's crown was stolen. <laughs> like, I think that it's like, he basically sees wom- women as objects to be either protected or destroyed. It's all, the whole book is about Diana being killed by the press and how he needs to save Megan from the press. And yet, Aunt Margaret, who is like the perfect foil for him. She's literally a spare. She's literally like the near-do-well younger sibling. He never sees his connection to her. He doesn't talk about her. He doesn't talk about women being role models at all. He makes one sentence where he's like, oh, maybe I should have talked to her more. Right. And it's like, all you care about is the approval of Willie and Pa. And it's just like, and then like protecting these fragile flowers that are the women you know. Well, and then he does this thing that also is really sexist, which I was going to say, is where it's like, Getting, it's like when got pe- men are annoyed by like girls saying like, it's like he gets annoyed by like girls who have like hair, a lot of hair products. Oh, yeah. And he's like, when like he meet like. Oh, wait, when Megan meets Charles and he's like, yes. don't wear a lot of makeup. Right. Don't wear well, a lot because, of makeup. Because that's because Charles. Is well, no, no, no. When they go to Africa and she meets him for their like amazing e pray love date, which we'll really get into in Botswana. And he's like. she's unpacking and he's literally ready to be annoyed at her and to be less into her for like he thinks she's gonna unpack like so many mirrors and like glossier and so many outfits and he goes (laughs) she unpacks yoga mat (laughs) cut cut off shorts (laughs) and like a pair of aviators like how cool is that like he's literally being like uh, guys, girl. She's a guys, oh, girl. Because and she brings she's being in so like Kristen Cavallari and like expensive big hat. ripped jeans <laughs> yeah. on no, safari. Literally, drink every. If you want to read this book, here's a drinking game. Drink every time he says Megan is wearing ripped, ripped jeans. jeans, and it's like she's wearing just like sevens. She's w- wearing seven. She's wearing strategically ripped jeans in every scene when and they're he's acting, when they're at I, like that tennis game in Toronto, and he's like, and she was wearing ripped jeans that and it were, was approved. It was approved by, by the, the palace. palace. No, I literally had it's in like, my notes. You petty little bitch, shut the fuck he up. He literally thinks Megan is like CBGBs, and she is CBGBs in like an airport CBGBs way, where she's wearing like a weathered soft bus yeah. CBGBs <laughs> t-shirt. And he and he's like, it's like Kate and Megan are meeting, and he's like, look at Kate, dressed to the nines. Yeah, look at Megan, 
in ripped, ripped, ripped jeans. jeans. And he's like, you couldn't, like, you know, have a bigger dichotomy between two people. And it's just like, Kate is wearing just, like, whatever, this Max Mara dress. And then, <laughs> yeah. like, Megan is wearing, like, Max Mara jeans. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, they, if there's such a gulf between these two women, between these basic assholes. And honestly, <gasps> like, Kate, I think, is actually even more, because I feel like the tabloids, which we hate, and, like, they're always complimenting her for, like, wearing the same, like, pull and bear thing twice and how, like, she is more being a commoner because she wore the right. same pull and bear. Right, she's like, twice. She, she's like uh, uh, nodding to the recession by, by re-wearing her pull and bear long sleeve like polka dot print dress to go to Salinsworth to get fillets for dinner for her no, children. No, and then it's like Megan is just massive hat blog girl. Yeah, I mean, she's just this yoga girl who is constantly going from brunch to brunch. But who cares about humanitarian interests, obviously, and has 18,000 lifestyle brands that she's constantly launching. Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumbled down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Let's just talk about their first date. Let's get into it. Soho House. The fact that she has a Soho House membership. That she, when they first date, she goes, I um, I feel like I live here. Oh, no, she's not British. She goes, I feel like I live here. They always hold my luggage for me. <laughs> Popping it. Will you hold my luggage for me? It's so him to be like, I finally met this real woman. Like She's, she's just normal. She's a Soho of... House membership. Like, yeah, like, where that's we can so just... cool. Because <laughs> he's like, where will we date? He's like, you don't get it. You don't Google me, which is so cool that uh, you don't Google me. Okay, wait. So this part I actually found completely unbelievable with this whole this whole concept of how 
she didn't know who he was when they first met, and she didn't Google him. And there's this moment. The didn't Google him is so weird when he's like, "Oh, I'm doing something something for my mother," and she's like, "Who?" You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So, like, they are first meeting at – he's on our way to – I think they oh, they also had two dates in a row at Soho House, which is kind of insane. Okay. So, their first date, he was really late to, and he was, like, stuck in Piccadilly Circus. And he's like – she didn't understand because she was, like, so not even knowing how royal I was. Like, why I couldn't, like, get out and take the train, which reminded me of that scene in Sex and the City when Carrie is in a cab – and she's like really late to something, and she like takes the train. Oh no! It's, it's the, the first season time. six premiere to go to the <laughs> yeah. um the the ringing of the bell at Wall Street. Yeah, she's like never been to like Fidei before. She's like, how do I get here? And then she sees like the R train. She's like, whoa, I'm gonna take it. So he finally gets there. He's a half hour late, and he's like, she was so chill again, guys, girl. Again, what is what is Megan order at their day at their Soho house, an IPA? Which he is like gobsmacked by. And he goes, So I also ordered. Then he's Peroni because he's so Heineken, so Peroni, so Wimbledon, so US Open. So US, US Open. No, he gets a Peroni, <laughs> uh, like instead of his usual gin and tonic. Right. And he's like, I didn't really want to be a, but it seemed like he wasn't going to get a GNT because that's like too British when she was there, like having a dogfish IPA. Yeah. And he was just like, Well, I still have to be fancy. And then they have this waiter with tattoos who comes up and he's like, And then we asked her about her tattoos. And that kind of led us, like, have something to talk about while we like got over the initial hump of awkwardness because we'd already like yeah he was being like she was being such an epic like waitress too for like (laughs) like making our date more fun yeah it's a little bit like okay it was a little touch and go it can be difficult for straight people i mean then he says i mean this is one of the common things we always say about straight people where like they literally just speak and like think they know each other so well yeah where he says we had everything in common, even though she was a TV travel blogger and I was a prince and I had my parents and, you know, I lost my parents and she didn't lose my parents. But, like, we had everything in common. It's like, what did you have in common? Their values. Just values. And it's been being like, their, them, how do you... Their love of Africa and elephants. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and pumas and lions yeah. and... And conservation and charity work and do, travel. Do you think they had gotten into like rhinos and poaching? I think that was no, that was their first conversation over DM was literally about rhinos and poaching. Because she saw the feed. The feed. The feed. As she Hashtag, talks about right. in the Netflix special, she's like, When I heard about him, the first thing I did was look at his Instagram feed because that's how you can really tell about a person. Not from the Googling feed. them, but their feed. So he he their first meeting up, but they're talking on the phone and he's like, Oh, I'm in the car. And she goes, Doing what? Something for my mom. Your mom, where? Althorpe. What's Althorpe? Where my uncle Charles live. He's talking about like going to Diana's grave and she's just being like, wait, where's your mom? Yeah, no, she's being like, oh, that's awesome. Like, what errands do you have to do for your mom? It's like, I, 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 no, I will, I will not believe for a second that she doesn't know who okay. Princess <laughs> Diana is. <laughs> Are you kidding? And then a little bit later, so she meets the queen for the first time, and Prince Andrew is there, who, by the way, there's only one sentence about Prince Andrew later in the book when he's like, he was kind of in a scandal for allegedly sexually abusing a young girl, so it was kind of weird. Anyway... Moving on, it's like, oh, you're going to talk about how much you, like, hate the press of this entire book, but then also just, like... I don't know if you're so charity. Yeah, no, he's not making it about himself. Look or, you know, spare, or not make, you know, it's, it's not about, about him. Andrew. It's yeah. not about Andrew. Um, so 
Meg does not recognize Andrew and thinks he's one of the Queen's assistants. Oh, she, no, she was like, oh, who was your, like, the Queen's, because, like, old assistant? that man holding the purse, that man who walked her to the door. That wasn't her assistant. Who was it? That was her second son, Andrew. She definitely hadn't Googled us. It's like, I can maybe think that she wouldn't recognize Andrew, whatever, she's, like, American. But it's, like, the idea that she doesn't know who Diana is... I think he's saying, like, she doesn't know where Diana's grave is, but I also think Megan is trying so hard at this point to act like she doesn't care that she's, like, dating the prince. I, I think that's what it is. and I It's think like, that- you know, I do this, too, when someone reveals gossip to you that you already know. Yeah, you can't act too thirsty for it. Otherwise, they're not going to give you more. Yeah, so you're like, oh, my God, wait, what happened? I heard, like, something, but... yeah. No, or it's even, you know, when someone has, like, some really insane, like, traumatic injury or scar, and you're like, oh, I didn't even notice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how did you get that huge gash across your your face? I never even, I didn't even see it until you said it. Um, I do feel like it's also maybe her kind of indulging his performance of anonymity a little bit, like, you know, she She wants him to, she knows it's hard. And she wants him to feel comfortable with this whole... I'm sure also her best friends, thing. like Silver, what's her best friend? Silver friends? Tree. Silver Tree, like her Cavalry Squad. I'm sure they are like in there. What do you think their group chat is called? <laughs> Toronto. Do you think it's like Toronto Biddies? No, it's not that. It's not, not Toronto Biddies. It's definitely more like, <laughs> I feel like it could be like a corner in Toronto where they like, all I got drunk once, like <laughs> like the Kavanaugh corner girls or something like that. Okay, wait, no, it's more like not even the Kavanaugh corner girls. It's just like their favorite English class that they all took like okay. at uni. I don't think they're that nerdy. <laughs> She's a fucking loser. Okay. <laughs> um, one thing I found insane about this book is how many people are apparently fans of suits. Um, best line of the book. When, when when William and Kate told Megs that they were massive fans of suits. When they have their like first meeting because they're constantly just being like, so I phoned like Willie's secretary and like uh, asked him if I could walk across the courtyard to, to his like, house at Kensington Palace so we could all have tea and like I could introduce and him to like, my own And then we girlfriend. did have tea and then we did mix up some drinks and then we did like sit in the front room Baltimore Cottage and we had like... <laughs> All did have just, a laugh. Like, they're big fans of suits. Like, she's in the super good one point. Like, some guy's like, I'm a fan of suits. Just like, there's. Well, no, that was. Oh, that was the guy who was faking it. Yes. Um, when she was on her harrowing run to Whole Foods. And, <laughs> and like, it's revealed in this slow thing. Like, it's. I mean, at that point, I was like, this is a horror movie. I was like, really getting into the press, kind of like, it was inching inching with this guy's like, my girlfriend loves suits. And then he's like, can I get a photo of my mom? And she's like, I thought you said your girlfriend was the one who loves suits. Yeah. And it's like, do, do. and then it's like, she got her avocados and ran yeah, she out. Got of- her av- <laughs> she got her avocados and ran. And then she came back to Clarence's house. And then he, and after she told him this harrowing story of like some guy like trying to get her picture at Whole Foods. And then she's like, and then she still made a delicious avocado salad. And he's like, you still cooked after all that. And she goes, I wanted to feed you before you left. Oh, God. I was like, oh, okay. Another cooking moment that I was like, oh, Prince Harry, toxic. Um, When she teaches him how to make roast chicken. Yeah. Yeah. So they're at one of the, at this point, Gran 
um, has given them, I think it's the Frogmore Cottage, and she comes over and, you know, they're engaged. Wait, it's actually Nottingham Cottage. Sorry, okay. they're not at Frogmore Cottage yet. <laughs> they're at a separate cottage within Kensington So he's Palace. being like, so Prince, and being like, my favorite meal is roast chicken. But I didn't know how to make it. The absolute like imbecility of this man. He is so immature. And this whole book is just coursing with the... And, you know, later towards the book, he kind of has this revelatory moment where he's like, of course I'm immature. Like, I was never allowed to, like, have any independence or grow up. And I was, you know, I'm in prison. And it's like, that is half true, but it's also your own choice to, like, play Xbox until you're 29 and just, like... With friends on in the background. Yeah. And, like... But then it also feels so... It's so wildly basic, and he's like, she taught me about folk and soul. Meg, Meg, I remember rubbing salt on the skin of the bird, then opening a bottle of wine. Meg put on music. She was expanding my horizons, teaching me about folk music and soul. James Taylor Taylor and and Nina Nina Simone. It's like the most parent music ever. It's like, welcome to 1996 and my parents' five discs changer. Literally her just being like, I'm going to play you a really cool artist. She's called Nina Simone. While we make chicken. chicken. Have you yeah, have you had roast chicken? chicken. Have you had roast chicken, chicken and Nina Simone and Nina before? Simone. And then he and then she's like, have you ever heard of this California 70s artist? And it's just like, how sweet it is to be loved by you. And you know what? He's probably behind her and they hugging her from behind and they're both rubbing the salt on the Bird. On this bird, baby. And she's like, Rubbing a bird with your bird. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And she's like, you have to wash your hands. And then he's like, maybe it was the wine. Maybe it was the stressful week. And it's so... And then he like flips out and like they get in a big fight. And she says, I don't know who taught you to talk to women that way, mm. but you will never, mm. not in this cottage, <laughs> talk to women And like he doesn't that. actually say what he says I to her. No, I'm, I'm sure he's just like, shh. Like, was he like, shut up? <laughs> was he just like, oh, Meg, that's bollocks. Bollocks. <laughs> that's absolutely bollocks, you write trifling trifle. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. But she just like calmly sits on her bed and is like, She goes know. upstairs yes. and he's like, well, again, this is so movie to like leave, and he's like, it's like in the movie, it's like twenty minutes later. There's a lot of rooms in this book. There's always another room to go into, and he's like, a, "Hey, can we talk? Rooms. What happened down there?" It just feels making roast chicken, listening to Nina Simone. It actually reminds me of that movie, um, "I Love You, Man," with Paul Rudd. That I haven't seen. You know, I hate Paul Rudd. Yeah. Well. Him I'm sure and, Harry loves him. Yeah, I'm sure he loves the movie. Did you see him thank James Corden in the acknowledgments? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. P.S. Back to him and Megan's first date. So after he's like so excited about their first date, he goes over to his mate's house and they watch um, that animated film. In, was it Inside Out? Ups and downs. Inside out. Inside out. They literally, and she calls him. She facetimes him after the first date, and he's at his mate's house, wasted, watching watching Inside inside Out. It's like you child. And she's like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a cartoon." And he's like, 
I was on tequila. He like also discovers tequila because he's so freshman year well, when he, he goes to and LA. And he attributes it to like be this American liquor. He's yes. like, I'm so used to gin and so Peroni. She had Peroni. <laughs> and, and finally, like, like tequila loosened me up at Courtney Cox's house. <laughs> and like, and the, Monica's house. And the bathroom was so modern. <laughs> <laughs> he's like so obsessed with just like seeing like, I mean, I guess you one well, would be if you literally lived at Buckingham I mean, Palace. he's from like the dustiest like castle and he's only ever been in just like this tiniest like most medieval like warrens of like rooms and like velvet couches where that is the craziest part because like that I'm always shocked by when they talk about like William too and they're like their apartment at Cambridge when everyone just has apartments and I'm like why doesn't each person have a castle well this is the thing about British like interiors is like they're still cluttered even when they're like big yeah, and books roaming and curtains there's and just rugs so, you know this is pillows. the problem of being a nation of so much history is there's shit everywhere where, you know, America, a land with no history, America. we've got yeah. these big, empty-ass houses. And so he goes to California. He's like, oh, my God, I feel so, like, free well, here. He's, because... like, never seen a glass coffee table before. <laughs> right. And, like, Tyler Perry's, like, massive-ass house with just, like, so gardens. many empty-ass sitting rooms and gardens. <laughs> and, like, huge couch. It's also the first time he probably has, like, sat on a comfortable couch. Right, and not just like this weird, like overstuffed, like but like weirdly, hard. it's like lumpy. It's so like lumpy and hard and sinky at the same time. And everything also must like, be like covered in corgi fur. Yeah, I get the, also the vibe that like he was never allowed to pet the corgis. He's like, I've always wanted a dog when they, because of course, oh, like, when he like adopts like Megan's like dogs who are who are traumatized by the paparazzi uh, he, and he's been like and i would just lick meg's dog like so much because like anything she loved like i loved as much oh, and he was being so like the stepfather who stepped up about it and you're just like this is an ugly dog but i feel like he's like i've always wanted a dog and it's like even though he names the corgis at one point and he's like susan trevor Dalton, Dalton, <laughs> Haversham, Cragmire. It is so crazy to me towards the end of this book when, like, basically he's like becoming an unroyal to literally be like ditched by your grandmother. Like, that is crazy. And my heart goes out to him to be on the phone with your gran and be like, can we have lunch? And she's like, sure. And then like, and she then, doesn't show up and you're like, hey, Gran, I thought we were having lunch. And she's like, ooh, ooh She's I'm like, busy. actually, I got super busy. She was like, sorry, I misscheduled. And she's yeah. being like, actually, don't come to Sandringham. Um, <laughs> My iCal is like crazy. And I switched over to like the cloud. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought the best device, literary device in this book is the the loss of his mother. Um, which the book starts out with after the flash forward, it goes to the day he finds out. And Charles comes into his bedroom and there's lots of descriptions of, I mean, there's so many descriptions of interiors in this book, but Charles comes into his bedroom and he's like, he's in, he's, you know, tucked under the sheets and it's like the early light of morning. It's like five in the morning and Charles comes in and he tells him that his mom was in a car accident. And he's just like, oh, but like, is she going to be okay? And Charles says, she didn't make it. And then he just, like, puts, like, one hand yeah. on his knee. One hand on his knee. And, and he's kind of like, sorry, chap. And it's, like, this just incredibly, like, sad, like, not emotionally... British. ...fulfilling 
moment and then he lies in bed awake for the next like five hours until all of the it begins and he cries that very first morning and then he never cries ever again wait or does doesn't he not he... even cry i don't know if he cries that day well, i thought he like cries again at um the procession or will maybe, does and it's like not allowed and like they're not so, allowed to cry yeah and so because you have to be like strong for the monarchy and for the people. i mean i remember seeing that that footage you know when i was a kid of the of the funeral and i remember the little card on the coffin that said mummy that they had like given her and it was so heartbreaking and they had to parade in front of the whole world and you know that was his his ultimate trauma that he never recovers from and then for the rest of the book the whole first half of the book he keeps referring to her death as a disappearance because he cannot accept that she's dead and he has this fantasy that she has secretly gone off and started right. a new life somewhere and like that's what he's holding on to that like maybe she's like she's alive she's alive she's real. out there and then there's this oh, this wait. moment when he goes to paris for the very first time, because he's never been to Paris where she famously died. And he does the drive. And he does the drive. So and he makes his, like, bodyguards and stuff do the tunnel. Drive that, through the tunnel where she was killed. And he goes, and he they drive through it, and he goes, and he realizes, like, it was just, like, a really simple tunnel. And he makes them drive at the exact speed she was driving at when she was killed. And then he's like, let's do it again. And then, like, they do it, like, five times, and it's so dark. That was so chilling. And... You know, when he first goes through and he's like, you know, it just, just didn't seem that crazy. And like part of it makes him think that, no, like this, there is something suspicious here. Like, why would you just die going at this normal speed through this normal tunnel? And then, you know, I think it also helps him find some little bit of closure that later he starts to get a little bit more of. And he finally cries like five years after that. But it's it's really, really sad. And it's like, you know, it clearly stunted his growth in such a huge way at the same time. When I do think about Diana's death, I'm a little like. What are you gonna say? I'm just like, she's you being don't so. It. <laughs> I mean, it was an inside job. I'm a little bit just like when when it's like, and because this is the whole theme of the book is being like chased by the paparazzi, well, and I'm just like, it and they drove her they to drove crash. her, but I'm just like, do you have to be like escaping? Like, why not just drive at a normal pace? <laughs> wow. I, I'm um, not a Diana conspiracy theorist. I do just think it was a car accident. But I do think that there is a little bit of like over... I mean, this whole book is over-dramatization of press coverage. I mean, by the end, yeah, he devolves into like insane paranoia where he's reading the- every single article and every single blog and he's so incensed about it and everyone is like, Harry, you need to you calm need down. You need to simmer about the daily. Uh, yeah, well, let's get into the press. Okay, I think that's but, a good place to leave. But I do think there is a way in which paparazzi on motorcycles can be so crazy and the, just the driver was like spooked. Yeah. There was, I think there... there Have was- you ever been chased through a tunnel? Because it sounds like you haven't been chased. You're showing yourself as someone who hasn't been chased in a tunnel experience. I mean, first of all, as someone who... I've been chased <laughs> through the Ted Williams tunnel many times. And I've also chased other people in the Ted Williams tunnel. But it's like, at the end of the day, if you went, if you drove 10 miles an hour, 
they're still just going to like stop, like follow you slowly and photograph you. You know what I mean? Like, so more actually you're blaming on the driver not being a good driver. I guess it's just this concept that we need to outrun the paparazzi. It's a little bit just like, what is the point? But when you see those videos of cars shaking, you know, whether it's Britney or Diana. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's not invasive, but I also am saying it's just kind of like there isn't you don't gain anything by trying to outrun them. And I also think that there's a perverse, you know, there's a saying in French. Tu me fuis, je suis. Je sais, tu te suis, je fuis. And it means it you means... flee me, I follow. I follow you, you flee. The celebrity who does the classic hand over the face, like running out of a restaurant into a car, that makes you that much more desirable for paps. But if you're Heidi Montag or like... Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset and you're calling the paparazzi be like I'm gonna be leaving Whole Foods at 3.05pm and then like you get there and you're smiling and waiting and they get their one photo they're kind of like okay we're good like you want it too much it's like yeah but you can never compare Aubrey <laughs> I can never from compare like Chrishell to <laughs> Chrishell to Diana no, okay I, I know but I just feel like maybe Diana needed to be a little bit more Chrishell and actually more wanting I think I, after years of like trying to be a little bit Chrishell she like had to outrun and let's get just we're gonna do some segments and then we're gonna return to this in part okay, two part two we have a lot more to discuss uh, about Hugh and Mary's relationship about his yeah. relationship with the press about Will about Kate about Paul about okay. uh, the infamous scene where his penis gets frostbitten. Yeah, also, we have to talk about the fight scene between Will and Harry. We have to talk about, about both weddings. Will's wedding, literally both weddings, um, and then Charlotte, the, the insane tailoring. confrontation between Kate and Meghan, and the, the wedding dress, and the lip gloss incident. And by the way, I didn't even know, and we will get to this in part two, that the Kate and Meghan tests were about Charlotte's dress. No, that's what's so insane. It's about, about a baby's Kate, dress. About it, and Kate's being just like, but this is where I also would love to have. Kate side because no, it's just I know like, you know that's not how it happened. I'm sure it's just kind when of I like, heard that I was like, this I'm sure it's the not adding were up. Kind of normal, yeah. And it was Meg being insane and like being so BPD, ADHD, and sobbing on the floor, being like, she's like upset about. And it was just Kate being like, uh, this dress is big, but this dress is big, and Charlotte's crying, but also because he Kate being a bitch, where it's like. You're complaining about your four-year-old, four-year-old crying. crying. That's what four-year-olds do is they cry. Why don't you go to Max Mara Kids and get Charlotte a new dress? Right. And Megan's just being like, there's a tailor on standing premises. By. At- standing, standing by. Standing by. Standing by at Clarence House. Again, as I said, there's a tailor standing by. I'm going to say that to you next time you text no. me about a blazer. It's like There's a tailor standing by in Dinmas. Megan's and if you so need put it a up. blazer. Because I think Kate is just being dry and British and just being like, the clothes don't, don't fit. fit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're getting into the in part two. Okay, let's get, mo- let's move on to segments about Harry and Meghan. Um, in part two, we will do segments on different characters in the book. Celebrity Book Club. What's up, Club Kids? This week in the VIP lounge, Stephen and I go to a celebrity-filled party. I fall, and Stephen reviews the restaurant. Daniel, I do feel like any time you leave somewhere earlier than me you like do have to get on like such a more like if I leave earlier than you I'm like a tired lesbian right. but if you leave earlier than me I'm then a, like a professional I'm an alcoholic you're <laughs> professional you have so much to do you actually have a career like I'm a derelict I'm gonna die in a ditch and it's like literally me being like I work tomorrow and you're like congratulations you stupid tired <laughs> long COVID to lesbian. hear all about it go to patreon.com slash cbc the pod and subscribe 
how does she live? How does she live? What does she wear? What does she wear? What does she eat? So obviously Harry eats roast chicken. Roast chicken. So he does list when he loves going to the grocery store and putting on a disguise, which is just any person's um LA person's like disguise, which is just like hat, hat and, and a, sunglasses. And sunglasses a hoodie. It's like, okay, Leo. And he runs oh, this was so my high school. He runs through the grocery store. His favorite things to get are salmon and yogurt. And he knows the pathways of the grocery store. Mm. And then one day they change it. And he goes to like an attendant and he goes, why did you change the grocery store? And And he goes, we changed it so people spend more time here and spend money. And he goes, that's allowed? Yeah, that yeah. should be illegal. It's like capitalism. Oh my god! It's You're just literally like, a prince. Like the prince. No, just the the constant like. He's been like, what candies at the front fifth, of the grocery store? So you buy it. Fifteen year old who just read like a Howard no, Zinn PDF. Busters, like my bust- mind just got blown of Harry on every page of this. I'm just like, please get over thyself. So he loves roast chicken. Um, I just feel like they're like DoorDash sweet green. Yeah, I th- I mean, he's like... And he's like, I take my DoorDash dasher 900%. He's just incredibly millennial. Like, he learns how to cook chicken at 30. He buys, like, prepackaged shit. Like, he loves avocados. And, like, he's just getting into Mezcal. And I'm sure, they ha- I'm sure they're getting, like, one of those DTC brands for the dog. Um, oh, like that's, the like, farmer's fresh. Dog. Yes, the farmer's dog, or, where like, it's, like, fresh... Gra- like- Fido's plate. Don't, organic don't turkey. Don't give, feed your dog anything you wouldn't give yourself. And I'm sure like Lilibet is just like. I'm sure she's getting so Jennifer Garner's like. Jessica Alba's farm honest. to table uh, like goo for kids. That's called like the far- honest the, farmer yeah. or whatever. Honest farmer. Um. Uh, yeah, and Meg is obsessed with salads. She's literally a California S- actress. Salad. Um. How do they live? I mean, now I think they're just so like they live in Tyler Perry's house, but well, all no, no, of they, cream they colored. Finally, oh, they finally, they their own place in um yeah, and in he's Montecito. like he's like or Santa Barbara. We got a mortgage. Yeah, we got a house. We put roots down. I'm sure it's just so yeah, I'm fucking sure they Instagram and like Tyler Perry's house to a tea, and there's, there's like cream sofas everywhere, and like. A kind of wrought iron hanging chandelier. I, f- I also with like feel like big, big candles. They have the widest candles. Oh well, do you remember when he, oh, when he brings... proposes and he has the little electric candles? Yeah, and then he brings those same electric candles oh, to, to the, the hospital to yeah. the birth of Archie. And I mean, this is also him being so basic and just being like, "That's our thing." Is candles. those little like? Yeah, he's like, "Our thing is candles from Australia." Those like battery powered tea lights that literally like, everyone has on like are in every sorry bodega like. <laughs> <laughs> He would flip his ass if he went into a bodega. I mean, it's, yeah, this is, like, just very, like, you, okay, obviously you have the most sheltered existence, but you're just, like, blown away by anything anyone does. I feel like Megan, too late, bought from Crate and Barrel, probably, like, designed within reach, one of those, like, polar bear-style sofas, but the boucles, but, like, got it, like, a little too late, where, like, everyone has one now. The polar bear-style. Is it's it, like, like, really deep? Yeah, it's like Kim has. I feel like Kim was the first. Is one it to like really the cloud popular. couch that like Kendall's being like? Yeah, I know everyone has a cloud. I have a cloud too. I kind of think it's just a little bit more CB two, and it's just like very clean. I mean, and cream. This these are salt. These this like 
I'm sure it's like that white. Oh, yeah. It's like a little bit slimmer on the sides. Right. Or it's they have like very a curved CB2. one. Yeah. So they're CB2 design within reach. Again, like glass tables, light wood. Yeah. I mean, it's very like. Succulent. I just. Well, because the thing is, his style when he's living at Not Caught, when he has this like basement apartment that he's always like disparaging is very Ikea. Hello, remember when they buy the sofa on sofa.com? Oh. <laughs> Do you remember this scene? That was mind-blowing to me. This He's like, I bought a sofa from sofa.com. Style-wise... Well, he's complaining how, like, Harry and... Or, sorry, how Will and Kate, like, really did an amazing job. So like, they're, they're going to um, Willie and Kate's house right after they finish renovating it. The wallpaper, the crown molding, the walnut bookshelves lined with the color-coordinated volumes, the priceless art. Gorgeous. Like a museum. And we both told them so. We complimented them lavishly on their renovation. (laughs) Though we also thought sheepishly of our IKEA lamps, our discount sofa recently bought on sale with Meg's credit card from sofa.com. He's always (laughs) referring to Meg's personal credit card. Yeah, well, I think he's just jealous because she has a credit card. He has one. He has has to ask his dad. He actually has like a Visa Bucks, like, (laughs) like stored value card that's just like. Prince Charles pa held the bank strings or whatever and it's like it literally is Prince Bugs and he's being like can I get a hundred dollars from my Prince account and they're being well, like you actually have to get it from I like mean, you're when they are a- being obviously it's like the whole family is being so weird about Meg and Charles is being like I don't know, Willie. Like, I don't know, Harry. Like, um, it's just going to be a lot of money with Meghan coming into the family. Like, my budget's already stretched a bit thin with Will and Kate and Camilla and then their new kids. And then he's just been like, well, like, she won't eat that much. (laughs) It's very like, she'll just have a salad. She's super low key. But it's also just like, yeah, people are making bitchy comments. Ultimately, you all have millions at your disposal. Right, when he's just like, oh. We'll all be fine. And he's always just being like, I love work. Um, okay, we'll get more into that in part two. Style-wise, he now just only wears heathered gray t-shirts that say Girl Dad on them. Yeah. Uh, he's just an amazing, awesome dad boss. Awesome girl dad boss. She is aviators to the boots. Big, Big Ray-Ban aviators. Again, all the neutrals. She's obsessed with like, neutrals and creams and like... Grays. I mean, she's like the same color as their interior. It's just like creams and grays and off blues and off blues and like skinny pants and then occasionally wide leg pants. I actually feel like I've rarely seen her in a wide leg. I feel like she's was so doing like high waisted like, like big pants, pants in such a 2017 way. I'm sure she was. I guess I've been just so enamored with her skinny ripped yeah jeans. you're just thinking about all of her skinny ripped like more real housewife style um and then you know her okay the part also one of the things that they were mad about was that like kate offered her her stylist oh and megan said and megan was just like i actually have my own stylist so from that's suits. okay yeah from suits and like kate was offended that Megan didn't want her, as he called it, fashion contacts. <laughs> and Kate had all these fashion contacts she had built. Well, they're also so like, and celebrating like European British designers. Yeah, and it's like Megan wasn't like celebrating enough of just like whatever, like Stella McCartney. And it's like, I don't know who else there is to celebrate how many times. I guess Vivian Westwood. But like, Kate's She's not wearing, not Vivian, wearing Westwood. Vivian Westwood. I mean, neither is all. Megan. Their basic asses are not no. wearing uh, um, okay, yeah. who who are you, are you in the book? first half of the book? I would like to think I'm. Um, remember we talked about 
a page three girl? Oh, page. Oh, yeah, and he's like, and they always thought I dated page three girls, and that's also like him again, like, of like page six, protect being like I'm protecting women because he's like. Page three girls, like, are considered, like, sluts and prostitutes and just, like, how dare they call these girls page three girls. So you're a page three girl. Absolutely, I'm a page three girl. You're a page three girl, and honestly, yeah, I'll say it. I'm Harry freaking the fuck out that I'm at Monica's house. Yeah, you are. I, I'm just like, like I'm, and, oh my god, I'm in her bathroom. He's also at this point where he goes, he she comes back and at first I thought he was gonna be really mad because like she was trying to get photos of him, but he's just like so freaked out because now he's so nervous that he has to like hang out with Monica. And he's just like, Now Monica's here. I thought she was gonna be away, but now she's here. And now I'm drinking tequila with a dash of soda in line with Monica. So yeah, and I'm like in the bathroom being like tripping by accident. Being like, I'm at Monica's house. <laughs> I mean, that is an absolute dream. Yeah. I'm uh, die to hang out with Courtney Cox. Okay. Also, like, about the page three girl? He goes, Once I'm, one night I met a girl, chatted with her over drinks. I didn't know she was a page three girl. I wouldn't have cared if I'd known. She seemed smart and fun. Just being like, no, she was a page three girl. Yeah, Just being it's like, literally cool. Her like, being like, I'm oh, down. Her, her ass was a hoe, but like, I didn't care. I didn't care. Like, I'm so down with commoner sluts. It's fine. No, literally. And that's, and again, it's like later in the book when he's just being like, it was like so awful. Like all the things that they were saying about, about Megan. Megan. They how were like she calling was, a whole. She was and calling a, a whole. And, and she's from Compton. Man. And like, she's poor. And it's kind of just like well actually you're mad you're mad that they're saying that because you think those are bad things yeah call him out and call him in we'll call him out and in all right listen we have so much more to discuss in round two we'll see you in round two bitches i'm sure by then this book will still be in the headlines oh you know what i'm thinking about you know how like every thrift store now has are you there vodka it's me chelsea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what year will now just like every savers oh have a spare have a spare and like actually and it's it, a little more like palin way i feel like 10 years we're gonna start seeing spares i agree that's when this because the, the round of people who bought this will be doing their big moves in about 10 years yeah a lot of people bought this like probably just bought they're like sort of What's the word? Um, geriatric millennials who like just bought a house. Other house in for like greater Portland. Yeah. And so they'll be moving in 10 years and they'll be getting rid of some stuff. And they'll be getting I mean, rid of like, we're actually moving to even more greater Portland. So, yeah, if you want to get this book for cheap, wait 10, wait years, 10 years and go to a Salvation <laughs> Army. Good investment. Thrift. Okay, best. Best. <laughs> Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prolong Projects of Adelaide College. The show is produced by Benjamin Frisch of Windsor Castle, with editorial support from Leon Nafak of Frogmore, Andrew Parsons of Bagshot Park, Arlene Orevolo of Sandringham House, and Madeline Kaplan of Balmoral. Our production manager is Persia Valin of Buckinghamshire. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst of Highgrove. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips Frogmore. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CBT The Pod. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app, whether it's Tamarisk House, Anne Hall, or Holyrood Palace. And don't forget to tell your mates about us. And don't also forget to go to patreon.com for access to our VIP lounge, an exclusive bonus podcast released every Friday. 
that is one of the easiest ways to enrich your cultural faculties. I hope you're well and have a good weekend. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.